Today's episode of the Spot Track Recap is brought to you, as always, by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment, who believes in empowering professional athletes and entertainers with the knowledge they need to make informed decisions about their finances and wealth. Learn more by going to morganstanley.com slash GSE, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC. And we're going to talk about somebody who is going to need some serious financial advice very, very soon. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, not, not, didn't have his best week. Banged up a little bit, right? Got the ankle, ankle stepped on, sort of rehashed the ankle injury maybe twice in that game Sunday against the Colts. Um, sort of looked somewhat human, and the numbers are down across the board now a little bit, um, you know, heading into week six. But I don't think anybody's too concerned about Patrick Mahomes, too concerned about the Chiefs. Um, so we're, we're going to take some time here and just discuss where, where are we at financially with Patrick Mahomes because he's extension eligible after 2019, as many of you know. Uh, you know, will the Chiefs extend him right away? Will they wait? What's going to happen with the upcoming CBA negotiations and the rising cap and the maybe really rising cap? Bringing in a special guest for this uh, this discussion, Danny Heifetz from the Ringer the Ringer Network. Uh, tons of great articles from Danny, including a financial valuation of Patrick Mahomes and what that contract might look like back in August. I uh, wrote a great piece recently about how. You know, the value of Patrick Mahomes this Sunday against the Colts was never more evident, right? I mean, he go, they go as he goes, and when he was banged up a little bit, that Chiefs offense looked pretty stale. So really happy to have Danny joining us, and uh, it's a pretty interesting discussion. Hope you enjoy it. All right, we're happy to be joined now by Danny Heifetz, the co-host of the Danacy Football Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Danny's been all over the NFL stories of late, especially focusing on, who else? Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. He's done a lot of work financially on 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 Mahomes as well recently, and uh, I was happy to help him out with a little bit of those numbers. We're going to bring him on now to talk a little bit about that, where we are now with Patrick Mahomes, where we might be going in the next six months, because it's going to get interesting really fast. Danny, thanks for joining. Yeah, thank you for having me. You bet. Uh, yeah, I think end of August, we talked a little bit, and you did a, a really solid piece on you, you know where this fin- financial situation is going for Patrick Mahomes, and really the NFL as a whole, because he's sort of the ringleader for how this whole thing is about to evolve, we think, right? I mean, it sure seems like with 10 million plus increase of cap a year that these contracts are about to get really interesting really fast, right? So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, look, at the ringer, we, we've we done a lot of Game of Thrones stuff. And the <laughs> nice. way I always think of these NFL quarterback contracts, are all the quarterbacks are essentially just spokes on a wheel. And the wheel's turning and they all get their turn as the highest paid guy at the top. And then they shoot back down because the salary cap is essentially fancy word way of saying it. it there's inflation. There's seven to twelve percent inflation every year, so they're all eventually going to get that title. I think the difference with Mahomes is he has so much more leverage, uh, negotiating power for a variety of reasons at such as early stage of his career that he could be like the Daenerys Targaryen and kind of break the wheel. That's kind of the hope. There's no question. At least what would be interesting. Yeah, there's no question from a production standpoint, he's way ahead right now. And any algorithm you put out there, ours included, you know, he's sort of breaking the mold with how this is all going to work. But I actually wanted to start there with you. I'm glad you kind of went this angle because from what we've seen, especially this year, right, at this small sample size of 2019, are we getting to a point where this next man up philosophy with quarterback contracts might be in danger? I, I mean, is Jared Goff's contract already bad, right? Is Carson Wentz's contract already somewhat bad? I mean, are we, are we worried about, you know, obviously this is the most important position, but should we really be throwing this much more money than other positions in, in the league right now? 
Yes, because no, we should not be worried. Uh, <laughs> quarterbacks are really good at football, and I wouldn't. I don't care how many people get injured. I don't care how bad of a month anyone has. Quarterback is still the most important position in sports, for on and off the field purposes. It. I mean, quarter the quarterback statistics are not coincidentally a function of the entire offense. Of course, uh, that yeah. it's. So there's, we're not in danger of quarterbacks becoming less important over time. I do think that there is – some quarterbacks are replaceable. I think the Jared Goff situation is interesting. But I also don't think that Jared Goff this year is really any different than we saw from Jared Goff in, Jared Goff in November, December, January, or February. This is kind of who he's been, so the Rams knew what they were buying. Uh, I think Mahomes, the really interesting thing here is he's got this ankle injury that's a little hobbled, although it's just a sprain. It doesn't really seem like it'll be a long-term thing. The more critical thing I think it's exposed is the Chiefs are vulnerable, but they're also really bad without him. Um, but, you know, look, his numbers are a little bit down, right? He's on pace for, you know, merely 35 touchdowns, <laughs> which isn't exactly earth-shattering. I mean, his yardage actually is still on a record pace. He's got like 1,831, which leads the league, but actually would just be the NFL record if he kept that up for a whole season. He would He's flirting with 6,000 yards, which is – I mean, 6,000 yards, I mean, never been done in the NFL – rarely been done in college really not really done in high school not been done in canadian football like six thousand yards isn't done in football period very often never mind the nfl right but the real answer is if he wins a super bowl then he gets to get whatever he wants i think i think that we can look at the numbers and things but in terms of cultural prominence you know we saw joe flacco get a record-setting deal after the super bowl like if if the chiefs win the super bowl this year is what will give him the most clout the numbers be damned all right so let me let me spin right there the, the last eight Super Bowls, there have been two quarterbacks who have been in the Super Bowl with a contract, with an average salary in the top 10 in the last eight years. So wh- what does that mean? Is that just BS? Is that just a, a too small of a sample size? I mean, this is essentially the new cap era, right? 2011. Why aren't high paid quarterbacks getting to the Super Bowl? Is it just an anomaly? The New England Patriots is the easiest answer. Yeah, right. Because of that anomaly, <laughs> that they that they just decide not yeah, to pay that guy. You're right. Uh, okay. I think it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting thing that high quarterbacks who've been paid a lot of money haven't made it back. Part of that certainly is related to you're spending less money in the rest of your roster and mm-hmm. things. The Seahawks didn't pay Russell Wilson a ton, and and you know so many teams have built around quarterbacks on cheap rookie deals. But at the same time, it's also a small sample because in theory, that's. 20 teams, but the Patriots have taken up almost half of those slots. Close enough. So we can't really, you can't really get a great sample on that. It's also it's really hard to make it to the Super Bowl. No question. There's no question. I, I just think there's something to the guy gets his big third contract. It's really the third contract that we're talking about here, right? I mean, the second one, I, I mean, certainly for Goff and for Wentz, they're big, they're big numbers, and, and we're sliding towards that, you know, the big second contract more than the third now as careers diminish. But you just aren't seeing guys who cash in a third time go the distance. I mean, maybe Rodgers is about to change that. We'll see. Maybe Wilson can change that. But literally over the past eight years, it hasn't happened yet. So we'll see. Uh, It's just an anomaly. I I think I agree with you on that point. But let's get back to Mahomes. You said another interesting thing, and you actually wrote about it. Um, You know, as as Mahomes goes, the Chiefs goes, right? I mean, that's sort of the discussion we're all having after this Sunday night debacle. Um, Does that have any influence on how they pay Patrick Mahomes, knowing that the defense is probably average. Knowing the offensive line, eh, I mean, they're, they're, it's sort of patched together. I mean, there's some high-paid numbers on that offensive line right now. Um, how do they keep this ship together and pay, you know, Patrick Mahomes $180 million, right? You start, you know, it's like how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> 
you start how do you keep the ship together? You start by keeping Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's you, you don't let him go. And look, ankle injury. Look, it's a ligament. Like, it, you know, he rolled it like it's it, it, he's fine. Like you're 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 thinking, look, it's 2019, right? Mm-hmm. The Chiefs goal is for Patrick Mahomes to be their quarterback into the 20s, 30s. You know, when you ha- you can't be looking down at your feet when you're walking. You have to have the horizon in your your view. So I don't think that they'll be letting, or at least they would be extremely unwise to be letting any short term problems trip them up. Because look, Andy Reid draft like the Chiefs drafted him because Andy Reid saw Brett Favre and Patrick Mahomes. Brett Favre like Pat- Andy Reid drafted Brett Favre was coach Brett Favre and then was there to draft Patrick Mahomes. There's a reason he saw this and no one else did. I would be floored. If there was any world where they had anything other than 100% commitment to doing this. Yeah, I'm with you. I, certainly you start with him and then, and then trickle down from there. I just wonder where that trickle down trips up, right? What's going to have to be sacrificed, if anything? Is, are we just in a, in a position now where the cap is so high and, and teams in front offices are so good at this now that they can really make anything work? Or, or are we seeing – I mean – I mean, look across the league. Is there a perfect team in the NFL right now? I'm not sure there is. I mean, the Patriots, look, I don't think anyone expected their defense to be this good. So certainly they've balanced out a little bit in terms of offense versus defense. But, you know, I I think I've heard the question 100,000 times this week alone. Is there really a dominant NFC team right now, right? I mean, so is that that part of the cap? Is that the front office is saying we're going all in on one side of the ball based on the, the personnel we have to work with? Or is there a well, situation where, you know, the Chiefs can really go after it with a super team for the next four years, right? I would be super hesitant to draw any conclusions off of what we see from September football. Of course. Because it's important to remember that the way that the NBA kind of really starts on Christmas Day, football really kind of starts like Columbus Day. That's when the teams really get going. And that honestly was the case before all the players stopped playing in the preseason. <laughs> now what we get is this weird hybrid where – even the NFL kind of openly admits that the first week or two are kind of even tune-up games for the referees and the standards of penalties, which there was a record pace of holding penalties. There's more than four per game. The first two weeks, they just changed that and dropped it back to normal, about two and a half to 2.7 per game. Like, it's preseason for the referees. It's like the players, like, it's, it, it's this weird mix between players going full tilt, but really it's kind of the first game where everyone's going full speed in week one or two. September football's not indicative. October, November, the meat of the NFL season, uh, where teams are getting themselves together. And I think there are plenty of good teams in the NFC. I think the Rams are kind of trending down. I think the Niners are trending up. I think the Seahawks are trending well. We don't know who's going to contend, but it's too early for that. But the Chiefs, as long as you have Mahomes, you are a contender. That's the key. It's like the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, right? I think if anyone separated themselves, Russ and Mahomes are the two best quarterbacks in football right now. And the thing is, if you have a Mahomes, you can go to the playoffs every year. So there's no reason to get rid of him. And I think that I think that if they don't do as well in the playoffs, it'll be a little harder for him to ask for whatever he wants. So whether that's $40 million a year, $200 million total contract, whatever he wants to do, a short deal, there's a lot of options. But um, obviously the, the further they go in the playoffs is ultimately what will help him the most in getting him leverage. All right, I like it. Let's, let's switch gears to the numbers, the actual finances themselves, because I think uh... – you know, that's what most people want to discuss now going forward, especially as, you know, the Mahomes situation gets interesting. He's eligible for the extension after 2019. Obviously, you know, if they go and win the Super Bowl this year, that's going to be the cream of the crop. That's the Joe Flacco situation to some degree. He still does have two years left in this rookie deal. So the, the Chiefs don't have to do anything, right? They certainly don't have to extend him next summer. Question number one here is, will they? Is that is that something that you just get done immediately? 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, well, so the, the interesting wrinkle here is I, I always think about baseball because Mike, Tra- like the, there were so many baseball extensions this year that basically they wrapped up someone for such a long period of time uh, that spreading it over that period of time, the money, whether it was Ronald Acuna, Mike Trout, spreading money over that money of time is a pretty good move for the business. The NFL is an interesting wrinkle where you can only spread a signing bonus for what, five years, right? Right. So do you think it makes sense for them to rip up the first two years? Because I actually think it does make sense for them to spread that cap because there's a really interesting wrinkle to all this, which sounds complicated, but it's actually pretty simple. But really the nuts and bolts that are the, the salary cap goes up seven, 10 percent or so every year. But in 2022, it could go up by like, you know, 25 percent. Like in 2022, the salary cap could be 260 million dollars. That's two, six, zero. And right now, you know, it might be it's like 190 right now. So I think the interesting thing from it, that I'm looking at is, are they going to be able to actually get below 15 percent, which is kind of the benchmark number for great quarterbacks of the salary cap? Could they get Mahomes below 15 percent within a few years? I think the sooner they lock him up to a long term deal, it, it makes sense for them. I think if you know this and I know this. Mahomes and his camp definitely know this, right? So I think there's no way he signs a very long-term deal right now, knowing all of this, because look at this is, this is a, what you just described happened in the NBA four or five years ago. And it is literally the reason that the Golden State Warriors exist as they do now. They, they saw this coming. They sort of had, yes. I mean, lightning in a bottle, of course, with, with the right draft picks at the right time, but they also maneuvered these things around this gigantic TV money boom that they knew the cap was going to explode with. And they just sort of staggered this business decisions out perfectly. And that's why they were able to exist. That's why there's a dynasty in basketball when, you know, we're in a, in a world where dynasties just don't happen anymore. So yes, there's no question. NFL front offices are looking at 2022 and trying to, to figure out how they can maneuver themselves to that window. Um, and the chiefs have to be at the forefront of this because you're right. They have this chip that they're not going to let go of, but he's also going to cost an arm and a leg, <laughs> you know, maybe literally, um, look, at, we're talking 40 million a year for sure. Even if it's next summer, it's 40 million a year. You know, if, if, it, if this, there's a waiting game and that it, the numbers, you know, increase from here, of course, but we're talking, are we talking 150 fully guaranteed? I mean, that's the number you and I threw out in August. Well, that still exists, right? That's, oh, yeah. I mean, and I'm I, talking over three years. I, did, I, you know, I think it is really important to pause for a moment and sure. just reflect on those numbers because I think that people okay. hear the numbers $40 million for an athlete and it's, so jarringly large. I think it's worth exploring. The reason that players make more money now is the leagues are more profitable. Like it's a really important point. Like Roger Goodell made a goal in 2010 that they would triple the NFL's revenue by 2027. They are on pace. They've already doubled their revenue. They were around $8 billion in revenue annually. When Goodell said that they are now uh, north of $16 billion in revenue. So the reason this is all going up is because the league's making more money in the salary capture percentage of league revenue. It's like you've seen in Glorious Bastards. It's of like course. business is a booming. So I think that the real the real paradigm for Mahomes is can he crack it? Can he actually do a deal that is more than 15% or so? Basically, is he worth a sixth of the Chiefs' salary cap or a fifth? And maybe even closer to a quarter. You know, as for all for all the hand wringing over this, that's really all they're negotiating over about his salary. Is he worth a sixth of their budget? Across five years, a fifth or a quarter. Right. And the, the big the big note there is across five years, because like we all know, 
a five-year deal in the NFL is really a three-year deal. So for me, exactly. for me, it's more about that. It's, it's, if I'm his agent, I'm walking in the door and I'm saying, I don't even care about, you know, you can make this as long a deal as you need, right. To make your, make the cap numbers work. Because I, I will say some of these cap numbers are getting ridiculous. Jared Goff, you know, 12 months after signing this deal is going to co- count 36 million against the Rams cap next year. That's a big enchilada for Jared Goff. Um, so, and it's because of the front loadedness of these deals. And certainly Mahomes will want front loadedness, not just for the cash flow, but also because of the CBA situation we're talking about in 2022. You want to get in and out of whatever deal you sign next summer or the summer after that. So, that means high cap numbers early. Whether that means you know two bonuses, you could you could Jared Goff has a has an initial signing bonus and a second year option bonus. That structure has been very popular, be, so that you're allowed to spread out more over a course of a longer period. Yeah. Mahomes says, "I don't care how you do it, right? <laughs> Here's the number I need over the next three years, and it's going to be huge. It's going to be 125 million dollars over three years, in my opinion. I mean, it's going to be north of 40 a year for the next three years. So." Uh, yeah, you can think about it in percentages of cap, but but I'm truncating all of this down to that 2022 year. And that's why I think it does get done next summer, because I think he and the, and the Chiefs will want some bridge version, which sounds ridiculous at 125 million over three, but they'll want to get this done over the next three years. And then they can reassess the whole situation after that. Yeah, I mean, I, it sounds like so much, but in reality, it's you can't really put a price on a guy. I mean, look, youngest MVP since Dan Marino. Yep. One of three players to throw 50 passing touchdowns in a season with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. He did it in his first season. They did it in their 30s. You know, he's cover star of Madden. Like, there's a certain intangible thing. You can't really put a price on what he's done to the franchise valuation of the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I remember I, I was talking with a friend who was trying to, like, being like, how on earth is Dak Prescott worth $30 million? <laughs> and I was just like, think of it this way. Ten years ago when Forbes did their first franchise evaluations – the Cowboys were like number one at $1.7 billion. And today they're still number one at $5, five billion. Five. Yes. So that's like, it's like 12 years that that happened. It's unbelievable. You, you can, can't really put a, and that's, but really what is that? Right. That's obviously the biggest brand in America, but it's also winning. Winning does that. And if you're a quarterback who is instantly making your team a contender because you're that good, which Mahomes does, even if the team's get core gets worse, they can win the AFC West every year for the next 15 years that Patrick Mahomes is healthy. You can't put a price on that because ultimately fans are customers and you want engaged fans, engaged customers. You can't put a price in someone who does that automatically. No question. And I, and I got to tell you, in some weird, contorted, complicated way, I was actually happy to see him struggling a little Sunday night and see the Chiefs lose you know, as a precursor to this discussion, because was there any more, you know, evidence of his worth to that franchise than the fact that he couldn't move, right? His inability to move out of the pocket because of his ankle completely shut the Chiefs offense down. I mean, they did nothing. They did nothing the second half because he could literally not move out of the pocket. That Everything runs around, around his ability to make a decision right now. And that you're right. That's invaluable to a negotiation. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's like they're not special. Like, they're not special if he's not special, if he's not himself. So they got to get his ankle right. I'm really interested to see what they do against the Texans this week because if he was healthy, that would be, uh, I mean, one of the more fun matchups of the entire year. And then the flip side, you know, in terms of their team building, which you mentioned earlier, I mean, looking at your site, like, you get what you pay for. The Chiefs spend the least money on defense in the entire league. Their cornerbacks suck. They were earlier this year, they were last. I think now they're, like, third to last in spending a cornerback. You get what you pay for, but they're they have Mahomes at a discount, but they're seventh most expensive in receivers. 
they're, I think they're fourth most expensive spending at tight end. Like if you kind of look at the chiefs are almost more than any team pretty representative of, well, they have a discounted quarterback and everywhere else on their team, they have what they're paying for. You're right. They're kind of backwards financially right now. So they're going to have to sort that out at some point. Last question. Also, I, the issue is what they need is linemen and cornerbacks, which are expensive. That's their other problem. They, yeah. they need expensive things. Are they going to be active at the trade deadline? What do you think? I don't know. I think that the trade, I mean, I, this is something you've been mentioning for a while, but the trade deadline is more active than it's ever been mm-hmm. because cap is given more flexibility. I mean, I don't know what their GM, Brett Feach, is going to want to give up, but Jalen Ramsey's available. Mm-hmm. Lesser cornerbacks like Tremaine Johnson, if they really want to eat some money from the Jets, he's a cornerback who's available. Uh, there's obviously a lot of receivers available. I don't know if they quite need the help there, yeah. but you never know what someone wants to do. There's certainly been stacking strength and strength in other places. I mean, I wouldn't really find anything shocking at this point. Um, but I think there's plenty. I think the real move is what the Eagles have been doing, where the Eagles kind of shop around for cheap cornerbacks. Yes. Like, that, that Super Bowl run was real sexy with Nick Foles, but one of the, the best moves they made was, um, you know, they're trading for cornerbacks. They're filling up their defense. Timmy Jernigan from the Ravens, they mm-hmm. flipped like a, I think a mid-round pick for him. You know, little cheap guys in the end of their rookie deals, those kind of re- rookie deal rentals. Those are what the Chiefs need to be doing. Yeah, I expect the Chiefs and the Patriots to be pretty active at the deadline just because I do think that's the way the way, the way it's going now because of everything you just said. It's on. It's the values haven't caught up yet. You're not overpaying for trades right now in, in any market. So we'll see. I, I do think that's how they begin to build this thing a little bit forward. But last question, because I, I just feel obligated because, you know, it's it's going to come up on every radio show as the contract negotiations keep going. Is there any chance Patrick Mahomes follows Tom Brady's philosophy? Oh, of, of taking a cheap deal, short, short deals, cheaper, short, cheaper deals, but keep the keep the uh, contracts rolling over. Essentially, can right? I flip this on you? Let's do it. Do you what, do you think I, that we've all given Tom Brady a little too much credit for not taking money? Sure. To help the team, when in reality, Tom Brady had plenty of money from his wife's career. That I think, in reality, what his salary does is helps the team. It also helps him because if he starts playing not so great and they at the time when he started doing this they had jimmy garoppolo they had jacoby Brissett. <laughs> if he's making 28 million dollars at two years ago which is the equivalent of 34 now suddenly he might be a cut candidate but if he's making 60 percent of that it's crazy to cut him i think that that's every bit as much as it helps the pats it also ensures that he cannot be released don't you think though, that's a big part of this though don't you think when aaron Rodgers gets 70 million dollars in six months that the added pressure that comes with that and you can't tell me there's not added pressure everybody's talking about your finances all the time you, you that's not a part and of this they're also talking about how rich you are right it's not awesome right and and, and how you're going to spend I think it right brady's i think the <laughs> difference is brady's old and that brady wants to keep playing forever <laughs> and that he knows that part of that means it, eventually the Pats might cut him. You know, we can't be on that team for all that time and not every time that they've traded one of his guards or anyone to a different team and they cut bait on someone a year too early than a year too late. You cannot as human being be in that locker room for nearly two decades and not think eventually that will come for me. And so part of that low salary is a protection for him. Something you need to think about when you're 38 as he was four or five years ago. Mahomes does not need to think about that. So I really, I really truly don't because I think that that narrative has gone a little too far. I think it helps Brady just as much as the Pats. The one last point on Brady, and it really is undersold. Brady's having a contract every two years like he's done, which is brilliant, by the way. It's the Le- LeBron James effect, right? It's two things. It's control, not, not just 
not just so you're not getting cut, right? It's not, it's not, you're not dead weight, but it's control for him just in case he needed control, right? And not that he did, but he, just in case you have your control. And also almost all of your cash is in bonus form all the time. He doesn't care about base salaries. He doesn't care about his weekly payout. He's getting this gigantic bonus up front and then the rest of it is just gravy. And that's, to me, that's a perfect way to handle this league right now. And just, just go out and play. Don't worry about the, the week to week because you can't control that stuff. I, I just think it's been perfect. You're right, though. We're, Patrick Mahomes is 10 years away from this discussion, I think. I think right exactly. now, I think right now we, he cashes in as much as he can in a short-term span based on everything we've talked about. And uh, look, at part of this is he, the, the, you know, other players in the league need him to do this. Other players need him to progress the finances forward because he's on an island right now, as you, as you led the show with. He's production-wise, he is way ahead of the Carson Wentz's and the Jared Goff's production-wise, and Dak Prescott's, of course. So, you know, financially speaking, all the other players in the league need him to push this thing forward so that the next man up can get even higher than that, right? Honestly, I, I'll go a step further and say, look, if the, it, what the players need from him, sign a big deal, sure. What the players need is high-profile quarterbacks, to get involved in CBA negotiations. Very nice. Because speaking the of LeBron NBA, James, right? Part of the reason they're <laughs> exactly the LeBron James model is that LeBron has done part of the reasons LeBron's tentacles extend so wide is that him and Chris Paul got involved in the CBA. Now, part of that certainly helped them. Hmm. Uh, it's not entirely benevolent, but you know, the quarterbacks in the NFL have famously not been in, as involved in interleague dealings, certainly not social justice or any of those things. So I think that that is the next level is can Mahomes, you know, get to win a Super Bowl, you got to do some things. And, you know, there's plenty of people in their mid-20s who haven't figured out exactly what you want to stand up for and when and what makes sense. But I think that as he matures, that's the thing I think a lot of players are looking to, a lot of fans, a lot of, a lot of people are looking to is can he be more than just a player fighting for a big contract. Look, this is an incredible point, and, and let me tell you why. Because what's going to happen when Mahomes does sign this deal and he's at $41 million a year versus your rookie contracts, right? Your Baker Mayfield's at eight or nine, or, you know, essentially where, wherever they fall in, in the coming draft years, is you're going to have this gigantic pay gap between, positionally. And that, that's essentially what LeBron James went to bat for in the NBA CBA negotiations was I've got to take care of the middle class. We need to make sure the middle class players are increased as much as the higher class players are. Otherwise, there's just going to be this ridiculous. People aren't going to be happy. You're never going to be able to get role players to come and play with you because because of the gap of play. And I, I completely understand that. I didn't think it was going to work. It did work. Everybody in the NBA is making bank right now. And it's because players got involved in the negotiations of the CBA. I'm not sure if it's doable in the NFL because the NFL is a lot more stubborn. It's just the truth. But to me, you're, you're dead on. If, if a guy like Mahomes not only signs that contract, but then sits down with the league and says, okay, now this is what, this is what should happen so that you know quarterbacks 1 through 20 are, are on this level and this game can progress forward, I, I, I'm with you. I think that's part of it is, is push the money forward, but also push the conversation about the money forward too. I could not agree more. Uh, I would shamelessly plug Kevin Clark's piece on TheRinger.com from two years ago about how the NFL's middle class is disappearing. You can just Google that. The NFL's middle class is disappearing from Kevin Clark at The Ringer. Uh, It's a fascinating thing in one of the ways that the NFL does actually mirror society because at the end of the day, we're fascinated, but Patrick Mahomes is the 1% of the NFL. And most players, their career ends after three years. Uh, 
And most players, you know, honestly, there's there's serious healthcare issues. There's serious issues. I mean, there was just a study from BU this week about how CTE is correlated with just your service time in the NFL, much the same way, actually, that just smoking is connected to how many years you smoke and that there's a lot of very serious concerns that the rank and file players have that players like Mahomes need. So it's cool that the $200 million contract and everything, but it would be really interesting if he can get his and then turn around and help everyone else get theirs. Perfect capper on this whole conversation. Danny, I really appreciate this, man. Thanks for your time. Perfect. Thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate it. All right. My thanks to Danny Heifetz from The Ringer. You can hear him every week, all the time. Read him, hear him on The Ringer Podcast Network at theringer.com. I want to thank him again for joining us on this very special edition of the Spot Track Recap. 